see, I'm going to be in the book of Judges, and we're going to be chapter 10, starting with verse 6, and you all may be seated, remain seated for the reading. You can remain seated for the reading of the word, because it's not, I'm, I'm be reading a lot of scriptures at, at one time, but if you feel led to sing, you can. <laughs> and so I thank God for just giving me... Um, Pastor read from Ephesians 2.18, and I just thank God for giving me the title, Access Brings It. Amen. 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 And so we begin to read in Judges 10, 6 through 10, and I just thank God just for this week, um, just how he has just covered us throughout this week and just allowing us to come back into his house and just be able to fellowship. Um, I just He has just been downloading things and Pastor text my husband and I and said, you see the 20 minutes? I said, Lord, you know, I got used to this thing coming up here speaking. I don't know if I can do it in 20 minutes, but I'm going to just allow him to, you know, have his way. So Judges 10, starting at the 6th verse, it says, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Again, the Israelites sinned in the eyes of the Lord. Again, we have doubted in the eyes of the Lord. Again, we have been prideful in the eyes of the Lord. Again, we have been fearful in the eyes of the Lord. And so they serve the Baals, Baals and the Asherahs, and the gods of Aram, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the Ammonites, and the gods of the Philistines. And because the Israelites forsook the Lord and no longer served him, he became angry with them. He sold them into the hands of the Philistines and the Ammonites, who that year shattered and crushed them. For 18 years, they oppressed all the Israelites on the east side of the Jordan in Gilead, the land of the Amorites. The Ammonites also crossed the Jordan to fight against Judah, Benjamin, and Ephraim. Israel was in great distress. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord, We have sinned against you, forsaking our God and serving the bad, the balls. The Lord replied, when the, Egypt, when the Egyptians, the Amorites, the Ammonites, the Philistines, the Sidians, the, the, uh, the Malachites, and the Monites oppressed you, and you cried out to me for help, did I not save you from their hands? But you have forsaken me and served other gods, so I will no longer save you. Go and cry out to the gods you have chosen. Let them save you when you are in trouble. And so in my in the New Living Translation it has an exclamation point because so we know that exclamation point he is your it's excitement or you're possibly you're saying it with a with a loud voice or we could say screaming. So at this point God has God has basically told them to you allow them to save you. So by this time in chapter 10, in the book of Judges, the Israelites have gone through several cycles of turning away from God. So the book of Judges, you see that the Israelites go through cycles. So God hands them over to their sin. They cry out for help. God, God delivers them. Then for a period of time, they have peace. And then the cycle starts back over again. So I want to point out the reason for the continuous cycle is sin. So sin has caused the Israelites to experience long periods 
of distress. And so they go through those cycles. They go through the cycles and they, and they have the peace. And then they go through the cycles of wanting to do things on their own. And then God hands them over to their enemy. And then they cry out for help and God saves them again. So this is just a continuous thing. Sin is defined as whatever is keeping you from missing the mark. Whether that is fear that you have to go through these cycles. So is it, is it fear that's taking you through these cycles? Is it pride that's taking you continuous through these cycles? Is it doubt? Is it gossip? Is it sex? Whatever it is that keeps you from doing what God has required for you to do. So I wonder why they they chose to continue to keep going through these cycles. And so it made me think about Pastor T when when she said it it must doesn't hurt bad enough. It must doesn't hurt bad enough. So for the Israelites, their sin could have been identified as a numerous thing. But one thing we know, at some point, they started operating in unhealthy strength, thinking that they can do things on their own, relying on their own lustful desires to see them through instead of God. And so at times, and that's what we do. We rely on our unhealthy strength and we keep going through the cycles over and over and over again. And I thank God for the word and I thank God for him allowing me to speak because the word comes to me first. And I realize that I may not go through those cycles of where I, I fall or I'm, I'm going to the club anymore. I'm, ha- you know, having sex or anything like that, but I fall in a cycle of doubt. I find myself going, oh, falling in those cycles. You know, we be on the emotional roller coaster. But all that is is the cycles because we're doubting what God can do. And so it allowed me to think back on just what I've been going through, just the passing of my father. And then I have tears of, okay, God, I know you're going to do it. And then I have tears of, then I and I give it over to him and then he gives me peace. And then I have tears and then I fall back into, well, God, why me? Why my family? Why you had to do this? Why I have to go through this? And why I had to go through this or why I have to encounter this? So now I'm doubting him. And so then I'm doubting him. Then I'm going through periods where I just allow the enemy to have to take over my thoughts. And then I go through and I cry out because I'm tired and I can't, I realize I can't do it on my own. And then I go through and I cry out for help. And then God comes yeah. and he sees about me. Yeah. And then I go through it again. So God said, I, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through those cycles and we may all, and we may go through cycles of doubt, whatever it is that you identify as sin in your life that keeps you going through those cycles. So the Israelites, they were going through cycles and cycles because at some point in their, some point during that time, they relied on their unhealthy strength to see them through. And so when I think about it, I'm like, during this time of cycles, Joshua had led them to the promised land. They were in the promised land. God had granted them the right. God had granted them the right to enter to everything he had promised them. He gave them access. He gave them access to freedom and prosperity. God's intentions are never for us to be oppressed. God's intentions are never for us to go through the things that we encounter, but because of the disobedience, because of the doubt, because of the fear, because of the unhealthy strength, thinking that we can rely on our own strength, allowing our lustful desires to take over, puts us back into those same cycles over and over again. 
And so when we when we think back, the reason why the Israelites were going through what they were going through because they were disobedient. God told them to clear the land, but they chose not to. And so period, disobedience places us back in periods of cycles, of periods of cycles. So disobedience, when God has asked for us to do something and we don't do it, it places us back into those cycles again, over and over and over again. Hallelujah. And verse 15 says, but the Israelites said to the Lord, we have sinned. Do with us whatever you think best, but please rescue us now. Then they got rid of the foreign gods among them and served the Lord. And he could bear Israel's misery no longer. The verse 16, 16 is equal, equals love. God could not bear Israel's misery any longer. He loves us that much that he's, he always wants to be in a relationship with us. He's always willing to restore us back to him. So even though previous verses, God said, go out and you allow the who you're, those guys to rescue you. But because the love that he has, that he want, he always wants to restore relationships back with us. And so the enemy will have you think that God does not care about you, that God doesn't want to do any, no dealings with you after you've gone cycle after cycle after cycle after cycle. But verse 16 shows us the love that he has for us, that he no longer could bear the pain that we go through. He no longer could bear the pain that he sent his only begotten son. Everything points back to Jesus. And Ephesians 2, 18 says, it is through Christ, it is through Christ that all of us, Jews and Gentiles, are able to come in one spirit in the presence of the Father. Everything points back to Jesus. God is saying that he could not bear our misery any longer. That he sacrificed his only son on the cross. He removed all sin because the thing is, the Israelites, when they came into the promised land, they disobeyed God without removing all the inhabitants of the land. And so because they didn't remove the inhabitants of the land, it caused them to mix and mingle. And now you're serving other gods. But God has all, but has told us that he's removed all sin to break those cycles so that you can have access to him. That access is granted. Access is being able to enter in and approach. So through Jesus Christ, we're able to be a we are able to access God, leaving everything at his feet. God did not leave anything at the cross. He nailed everything at the cross so that he he sacrificed it for us all so that we would be able to approach him through Jesus Christ, not allowing us to operate in our unhealthy strength. And I just thank God and everything again comes back. To who? To Jesus. Everything comes back to Jesus where the enemy will feel like that you, because of what you've done, because of what you experienced, because of what you're going through, that you cannot step into the presence of the Lord. But the Lord is saying that is not the case. That I sent my only begotten son to die on the cross for you, that you're able to approach me, that you're able to come to me and let me know all about it and lay it at my feet because I nailed it at the cross on your behalf so that I can provide the space for you to come. So those cycles that we go through, he says, I can break those cycles. But you just have to trust in them. You have to trust in them because the unhealthy strength, the doubt, 
the pride that keeps you going in those cycles. But if you laying it at his feet and let God, you got it. You got to see about it. You got to come and fix it. I can't rely on my strength. And that's what we do. We rely on our strength. We doubt God thinking like you can't. If I would have did what I was, if I would have did it my way, I wouldn't be going through this as if our ways are better than his ways. And our thoughts are higher than his thoughts. But God is telling you that he has granted you access. He has granted you access to step in his presence, to lay it at his feet. Anything that you've gone through, any shame, any rejection, any pain, anything that you are encountering that is keeping you from missing the mark, he is saying to lay it at his feet. Trusting and relying on him to see us through. Access to our Father has been granted. Amen. I remember when. I remember when she used to be scared of talking. But she was afraid she was going to get it wrong. Amen. I know she wanted to keep going. Amen. But that's part of the that's part of the process. Amen. 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 So we're gonna get a double dose today, the Joneses. Amen. The Joneses are bringing a word today. So as her beloved husband comes up, I don't get dead on it. Somebody come in and be like, wow, she just so far in the Lord and she just got it all together. God just wants your time. He just wants your time. Amen. Amen. So I'm just excited. Um, I'm excited for my son right here as God just uses him. Amen. Um, you know, and I want y'all to know before he begins to speak, I want y'all to know, like, I listen to what you say. He came to me, it might have been about six months ago. He said, Pastor, I think I got a word. <laughs> it, 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 it's been about six months, but I told myself, okay, when, when the Lord leads me. But I want you to know that I ain't forget. Just waiting. So I'm excited to see what God has done and what word he's placed in you. So as he comes up, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask y'all just come on and stand to your feet. Amen. And we're going to go on and have two speakers. So you can get your blood moving, stand to your feet as he gets ready to share what God has given him.
just to your house for all Lord, I ask you, Lord, just to let me be a word for somebody in the place. Lord, I ask you, Lord, to move me out the way. Lord, you increase, Lord. For nobody coming here to hear the They come here to hear you, Lord. So I just want to praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord. Without you, Lord, it wouldn't be possible. We love you. We thank you. Amen. Things right now. 
And some will start to give up and get discouraged and realize that God's standard time is not always running on our time. That's what we have to realize. God's standard time is not always running on our time. It is in the waiting room that we learn how to start trusting God the most. While we are working on our goals, our dreams, our vision, God is working on us. And God is much more interested in us than what we are trying to accomplish. Because we're not taking our compliment ahead. But we are going to take our character. And that's what God is working on me now with. He's working on me now with my character. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say it. Something being said. Because everything up, like the word said, I can't take it to heaven. I can only take my character to heaven. God says, yes, I intend to give you what I promised you. I intend to answer that prayer. I intend to fulfill the vision. But you are not ready yet. I want you to grow, and when you are ready, then it's going to happen. A lot of times, we think we are waiting on God for something to happen. Like the prayer to be answered. God says, you are not waiting on me. I'm waiting on you. I'm trying to prepare you. I'm testing your faith. If you just trust me. But I'm also trying to grow you up because the blessing I want to give you is so much bigger than you can handle right now. You're not ready for it. You can't handle it yet. Another thing that we have to understand in life is that a delay is not a denial. It's a big difference between no and not yet. That's, that's a big difference. That's what we have to understand. No and not yet. Why is this important? Because when we are in God's way room, we fall from patience to all kinds of negative emotions. You start worrying, you start stressing, you get anxious, you get irritable, you get spiritual ADD. We can even get envious and get jealous. Now, I want to point out something about that jealous part. And again, I'm standing up here, I'm not ashamed to say it. I don't feel so anything. When people get to get things, I used to act like I'm happy for him. Congratulations, man. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I don't have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been working hard for it. Why don't I have it? So that was me. I used to get jealous. You may go. You may say, hey, they got a promotion. And I didn't get a promotion. For the women, she got engaged. I'm not engaged. They started a new business, and it's taking off. Well, I started my business. I didn't take off. He had a new truck. I want a new truck. 
Don't care about the Lord, you're going to go on the
we have never left God's mind or his heart. Yes, sometimes when God delays, we feel forgotten. But God never delays without a purpose. He knows us. He knows our heart. He knows everything we're asking him for. If he's not doing, if he's not doing what you think he should do, just be patient. Often, often God's time disappoints us. It could be something that we have been praying about for a long time, and we need an answer. Maybe you have prayed for something real specific and needed God to show up within a particular time frame, and He doesn't. When God doesn't answer when we need Him, I wonder what conclusion do we come to? Do we think to ourselves? Did I do something wrong? Did I ask the wrong way? Do you find yourself asking, do God even hear my prayer? So often we think when God doesn't answer in our way or in our time, that's because he doesn't love us. And that's not true. God's time may have not been everything we hope for in our life, but we have to understand that we can trust the one who keeps the time. Amen. Amen. And us being human, again, we do not like to trust someone else's time. Why? Because we lose control. Amen. We rather than trust God because trusting God means we actually have to trust Him. If we could, we rather, if we could, we would rather tell God, hey God, I love the plan you have, the plan and purpose you have in my life. But can we do it my way? And here's, here's the funny thing now. Here's the funny thing that I realized. Now that I'm a parent, a teacher, and a coach, I realized in my child, my student, and my players that they don't like to wait on my time. They do not, they don't like to wait. They don't like to chill and be patient. But the thing is, if they just would trust my time, they would recognize it's for their good. It's for them to be blessed and prosperous. Long story short, I have two players right now. They want to get on the field so bad. But I told them, not yet. Have to keep working. And they don't understand that right now. They do not understand it. Last Friday they got they got mad. Probably boy, they got mad this time. I get tips. What I need to do is get on the field. What I need to do is six points. Keep working. Keep working. Just trust this time. It will give us rest. It will help us to remove all disappointment and hurt and bitterness from our hearts because we will know that God is in control. Why God just don't tell us everything that's going to happen in our lives so far? It's a couple of reasons why I would think. First, it will overwhelm us. Probably scare us to death. But the real reason God doesn't tell us his timetable is that he wants us to trust him. He wants us to live one day at a time, trusting that he's going, trusting that 
He's a good God. He loves me, God. You know, everything he do in our lives is for love. But we just have to trust him. In Acts chapter 1, verse 7, Jesus said, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. So, we will never know now. We're going to try to know what God's going to do because we don't know. We just have to trust Him. And I know that's hard to do, that's easier said than done, but we have to try to work to just trust Him. We will never know stuff in advance. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow in our lives, much less the rest of our lives. God does not tell us in detail. God does not tell us details in advance. If we could understand why God does everything God do, then we would be God. And we're not. God's timing isn't good, it's perfect. Because he knows all the details. He knows the past, present, future. And he knows what we need, what we want, and the wisest thing to do. We can never go wrong waiting on God's time. If we're going to wait on God, again, we have to be able to trust him. Our waiting is saying, I'm trusting you, God, that your time is good and fine. You know what I do not know. Your time is always right. So I'm going to trust you. I'm going to wait if you give me permission to go there or to do this or to have that itself. God only wants what is best for us. So it takes faith. By having faith, we ask ourselves, am I willing to trust God for his time before I make a decision? Now just imagine how amazing life would be if we could trust God all the time and everything. In all the time and everything. And trusting God means that we stop trying to make things happen ourselves when we wait on Him. Something that is hard for us to do. It's hard for us to do is just wait. But if we would keep our eyes on God and trust Him and leave it up to Him in His time, we would get double blessing while we're on the truck. Remember, Delay is not even now. You never think that God has forgotten about you. you. Never think that He don't love you. And you never think that God won't make a way for you. Like the song say, He's an on time God. Yes, He is. Trust God's time. Amen.